Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where each episode will be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A, and on today's episode, we are doing a creator interview. I am joined by... Dave Brown Jr. All right. Well, on with the show. Okay, well, Dave, it is fantastic to have you on the show. I'm a fan of your artwork, and it was a blast getting to know you a little bit at Comic-Con back in November. Yeah. Yep. So. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So tell the soups a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh, pretty much I was up, obviously up and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I am a family man. Um four children <laughs> um i'm a pretty much pretty much a teacher pretty much you know with my art and you know i'm, I'm really all over the place pretty much when it comes to that because everything i does is pretty much you know deal with art really so yeah okay all right well before we get into the whole interview side of this i want to ask you uh-huh. something are you ready for some news roundup oh yeah all right All right, so so we got one big thing for a news roundup, and a lot of the things I've noticed with your art when we were talking and even just looking at your artwork on your social medias, I'm assuming you're a fan of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles was my first, you know, was my first love, was my first drawing, like, pretty much really me, like, you know, like, I can do it, I can do it. So, yeah, Ninja Turtles was everything for me. Okay, okay. So I'm assuming you heard about Jason Aaron's new run on the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is it something that you're excited for or you're going to pick up? Oh, yeah, I'll pick up because I'm a big, you know, I'm a big collector. So, you know, yeah, of course, I'm gonna pick up. Definitely. You know, I don't, you know, it's not like I read like every book that comes out of like Turtles, though. But when it's like the first, you know, probably like the first issue first, you know, probably first five or something like that, you know, I really get, and then, you know, if it intrigues me now, I keep going, but then if it doesn't, you know, I just still have it on, you know, have it in my collection. I feel that I'm kind of the same way in like some ways. Cause like for me, I, if I'm going to do, do physicals, I primarily get like a collected like omnibus mm-hmm. or maybe like just a whole, like, you know, trade paperback or whatever. I don't do single issues like that, but if, I, but if it's something that's like really, piquing my interest that's when i'll be like okay i'm gonna make sure i buy this first issue or the first couple issues because like for me the one that like i'm actually actively buying at the moment instead of like reading digitals is uh ultimate spider-man i'm really excited about the next issue that comes out i want to say like next week but um when it comes to the turtles what would you say is like your favorite iteration of the turtles are we talking comics or just in general you talking I would say, in general, like uh, either comics or uh, other interpretations. Oh shoot, man! It gotta go to number one movie. <laughs> like I can't even knock you on that one. Number one movie, the first Ninja Turtle movie. That's my. That was my everything. Even to this day, man, it's like if if you looked at my uh, my drawings of my whole Ninja Turtle wall, pretty much, it's like it starts from 
the first black and white, pretty much Turtles, and then it goes straight into the movie, pretty much, because all my mashups start from what I love from the bottom up. So yeah, that was my that was my love, pretty much. And then it was like the cartoons and stuff like that. So, but you know, yeah, the movies, man, the movies was everything. And then obviously the video games and stuff, the first video game. But you know, like the one that was um the NES. Yeah, yeah. The one I mean, that was like never beaten. And I was so happy when they did a recollection of it. So I said, like, I'm a grown man. I'm going to beat it now. <laughs> and I literally played it once. It was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. They so cheated on this game of making it. Like, who plays the game? And me, like, y'all didn't know. All right, man. It's all right. And I'm no, a gamer. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's just still like, you know, it's just still hard. Enough, man. No, that's how I feel with that um, one X-Men arcade game. Uh, Cause like I remember, uh, so soups. I'm in Michigan. There's this place called Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum, mm. and so they have like this X Men cabinet. And I'll never forget. Um, I'm 24 right now, but when I was 21, I went there and I was there playing that game continuously. Not just with like me and my partner with it. That was the first date to go and play that game. But there's another time I went there when I was just playing that game nonstop. Got <laughs> kind of far. But regardless of how long I was there, they made those games to to be unbeatable. But be unbeatable, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally. So when they put these games on, like, to make it like more accessible for you to like do it now as like a remaster, you're going to be sitting down for days, possibly. For days, mm-hmm. for days, man. And I'm be like, yo, I'm here for it, but it's like, man, come on, man. Like, I'm too old right now. I can't. <laughs> I got kids. You can only rage quit so many times on that, too. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's dive into the interview of this episode. All right. So, as discussed a little bit ago, Dave, you are an artist. Huge fan of your art. Like, I know you touched on how you're a gamer, and I think it's even present in some of your art that comes through. I remember when we, like, met, we sparked up conversation because I actually made that, like, connection of how your art kind of, like, has these 80s vibes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, like, a little bit of, like, slightly anime-esque, but very 80s and just, like, kind of, like, game one-up type of stuff. I, that's just how, that's because, you know, me being one, I obviously, to say a gamer, but then, two, I'm also a movie buff. So it's like the 80s and the 90s, pretty much. I mean, even though my movie category can go to the 50s and up already. So it's like all over the place, but I stay in one domain pretty much really in the 80s and 90s because that's like my my peak really right there of stuff that I really love. So yeah, I really focus on those kind of like things, really. Also, lovers, you know, everything. I got you. So since we're talking a little bit about your art and everything, I want to know, you primarily do comic book art. So what was your first introduction to the comic book world? What not only got you into doing uh, illustration work, but also um, just, just reading comics, getting into that type of stuff? Reading comics, actually, I, uh, my father, because uh, my, my father is also an artist, but he's more of a, um, even though my dad can, you know, sketch out characters, he'll look like Jack Kirby's kind of work, really. You know, it's like, he draw those old, you know, 
70s 80s kind of like comic book style so but he's more of a um but he's more like a landscape painter and i was always i always found that stuff boring <laughs> i was like i need i need energy man i'm feeling like you know i want to draw this so it was always a pain in the neck to really get him to draw like man, do a superman or something you know do this <laughs> and stuff like that so me really my dad had brought home um, a thing of comic books all his it was all stuff from when he was young so i have and i still have them to this day so like you know from superman batmans and all that kind of stuff i still have so my first one actually was actually i think it was the death of robin it was the death of robin and um batman it was regardless it was batman batman was my first read and then it was um stuff like um you know like when icon and all them you know start coming in into play pretty much so yeah all those that's when i really start getting into comic books and you know it just i fell in love with the story though i mostly really fell in, into it with the art because i'm an artist before a writer so <laughs> um i just fell in love with that kind of stuff man from different stories different you know and it was hard for me to understand pretty much you were where because when he brought me the boxes and stuff like that, of course, they was like, they didn't go from issue one to issue 10 or issue one to issue 20. It was like six, 12, that. So you all over the place. You don't know where to start, really. So I just always just kept reading. Plus, I was in Detroit. It was no comic book shops around us like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. just took it for what it was. It was so hard back in the day. For sure, for sure. And <laughs> I was just, you know, that's how I got into comics, really. My dad brought me some comic books. I started looking through them. He's like, even though some of them, I was not really respectful to them <laughs> to, you know, realizing like, oh, what was I doing there? I should have kept, <laughs> kept it like this. But, you know, I still have them all. That's good. That's good. So the one you were saying that really stuck with you was the Batman Death of the Family? Yeah, Batman Death of the Family. That's the one that kept me, that just piqued my interest so much because, one, it was the cover. The cover, because like, the reason why it caught my attention is because I was a big fan. My dad had got me into um, Batman 66 mm. and with Adam West. And I was always watching it. Like, you know, it was like on channel like 62 or something like that. And so um, it was like, it was a cable channel. It was a Nick and Knight. Like, that's how it was always, that's how I always watched it. And <laughs> that doesn't lock the memory for me. I forgot about Nick at Night for a second. Yeah, right. And you know, so they always show all old stuff, you know, old, you know, Superman, you know, George Reeves and all of them kind of things. So my dad, you know, set me down and, you know, showed me these things. So and I was just hooked on Batman really. So Batman and Robin, they did their thing Wool Bill's cheesy and stuff for people back then, but it's just it's a fan thing for me. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, when I got the books. And I seen that cover, and you know the cover of Definite Family shows Batman holding Robin pretty much. And I'm like, what's going on? So, you know, I start flipping through, and you start reading through. It's like, oh, man, this sucks. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. What else, Batman, do I got? (laughs) And that's how I actually... Robin's dead. That sucks. That's... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, yeah, this is what I, this was dark. Damn. I went from 66 to, to you know, Death of the Family, and it just didn't, it didn't make sense. Like, what? <laughs> and 
and then I read um then I got into um the dark the, the next book I read was The Dark Knight. And so reading The Dark Knight, I was just like like yo it's like <laughs> what is happening? Like <laughs> I mean I was digging it because that thing also too, when I was watching, see, I was watching that before the Michael Keaton Batman had came out, which was the nineties. So when that came upon pretty much, you know, I kind of knew the comic books, but then I was, re- I read the books. I think it was, I read the books and then the movie came out. So of course I was just like, ah, oh, you know, like, you know, 66, it's about Michael Keaton. This is the Batman right here. So yeah, Robin definitely gonna die in this world. <laughs> no, you know, I'm just realizing you just want Robin to die. That's the vibes I'm getting. I don't know. I think that was it. I was like, yeah, I guess that. my inner self was like, you know what? Robin could go. <laughs> he expendable. It's okay. It's it, it, listen, 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 and, and and little you didn't know that Robins are expendable. So like another one finna come if he dies. Yeah, yeah. Another one's coming. <laughs> didn't know it, but yeah, I mean, like, I ain't put it together, like, oh, so there's more, there's gonna be more coming, so yeah, so, yeah, that was my, that was pretty much my main thing, and from that point on, really, you know, reading to more books and expanding more, because I guess, you know, you know, when you look at stories and stuff like that, you know, you want the either simple or it's not, you know, you want something different, really, but you never know what's different, especially at that time, especially in them times. Mm-hmm. Just, every, everything was pretty much really new but if you didn't catch on from the beginning you'd be kind of lost it's kind of like x-men right you know i always try my best to collect all the x-men uncanny and stuff like that but i feel like if you in the middle and you don't know what's all happening here what's going on you're gonna be lost completely like, you know, so so that's why i was trying to make sure i stay on top of anything in the beginning before I just, I don't want to never just jump right in the middle of a books, you know. Mm-hmm. So based off all of that, is is it safe to say Batman was your favorite character? Yes. Between, yeah, because Batman's, Batman's, um, then it's um, Icon. Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. All right. So what is what really inspires your arc i know we kind of touched on it a little bit but like what really got you to really craft dave brown jr's art what put your like what caused you to develop your style um i mean actually we're going to different cons and you know um being in you know bringing that juice pretty much from other creators really you know after a while you know i'll go back when i when i already i've been drawing forever and you know, I decided to. My wife decided for me to say, I want you to go ahead and go to the cons and stuff like that. And I said, All right, you cool. So I, so I went up there, I met so many people, and I did the old basic rookie move pretty much going to these cons. You bring your portfolio, you never know. Mm-hmm. And I brought my portfolio, I was checking out people, and people was like, Yo, how come you and I, we your table at? I don't have a table. That's why I got my portfolio walking around with. So I was like, you know, I didn't know how it was, you know, to get tables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I ran into somebody who, you know, took me up on his wing pretty much to actually like, hey, I'm working on a project. You down? I was like, yeah. You know, so worked on books. Then the next year I started moving on, working on other people's books, other local creators pretty much. And after doing that for so long, I 
you know, said like, man, I want to do my own thing. But my problem was that I didn't know how to draw digital. So I had to learn how to do digital. So it was a lot of YouTube time and a lot of <laughs> learning and <laughs> this, that, and then. So you're self-taught? I'm all self-taught. I'm all self-taught. That's dope as hell. Yeah. So I had to, I had to learn that way. And, um, so I said, um, first I got me a little, a little, little bitty Cintiq thing I had got and like trying to learn how to draw from here, but watch the screen and stuff like that. Cause I wanted my work to look different from a lot of other people, the way they draw. I mean, you know how your combos come out. So I was always thinking about a certain kind of way. And it's kind of hard to try and figure out your own style or your own. Cause it's like, man, come on. How many artists is in the world that, you know, like, of course, somebody gonna walk past your stuff and be like, hey, you know, your work reminds me of not a lot, you know, blah, blah, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's cool, but it's kind of like, I want it to be me. So mm-hmm. constantly, constantly working on stuff, working on stuff. And I did books. I did my first comic book was based on the Browns family, which is about me and my family because I didn't want to do the old cliche superhero thing. And I was sick of doing the sci-fi stuff. So I worked on that really because I'm a big Simpsons fan. So I developed my own family and started working on that pretty much. I got into three issues and I said like, all right, now it's time to step away and start doing something else. But in the midst of doing that, my art style after, you know, practicing constantly, and I was like, man, scratch this. I'm finna buy one big, big expensive. If I could make, if I can do that, if I buy this big expensive thing, I know I can make the money back. If I go to the, start doing the cons. Cause when I first started doing cons like solo, I was normally just, you see that painting behind me? That mm. Batman and Jack Skeleton, I was just doing canvases. It was canvases and my comics. That was it. And so I said, I said, all right, now I want to work on this, this one big Cintiq. And I said, like, I'm going to have everything on it and I'm going to make that money back. Sure enough, I did it. I started doing prints because everybody was like, because it was hard for people to really like, not a lot of people was buying original and people were saying like, well, prints is where the money is. You get prints, 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 you know, like, cause, you know, I was an indie creator of comics, you know, people want, you know, some people like comics, some people love the support, which is fantastic because I do. I get a lot of mass support from a lot of people. But Prince is pretty much like, how are you going to get this back, really? You ain't going to get all that money back pretty much just off the comics. So I got the Prince. I started practicing, but the more I practiced, the more my art style started changing up pretty much. So like every sometimes like, this looks different from this one. So now I got to scrap this one because now this is the way I, my draw is. So now it's it's always like that. And now I think my, my style is pretty much exactly where it is and where I want it to have, where where I want it to be. And, you know, of course, is there, there's room to, you know, develop more and do more, which I obviously plan on because I draw every day. That's pretty much it. It's like when I started developing my style, I started really diving back into my books and started like, okay, I want to go this way. And I said, like, I got all these stories I've written down and stuff. So, But I always work backwards. I draw my stuff out. I draw all my panels. I draw everything out, and I write the story later. <laughs> Not the know. Marvel method. <laughs> I work completely <laughs> back. People be like, what? Well... I, my mind works pretty much like a pretty much a movie screen. I already know what the story is kind of like already going to be about, but it's just that I got to fill in the words pretty much later within it. So the story's already playing out pretty much in my head. I'm just drawing it out really. I thumbnail it. Then I say, okay, I'll go back and do that, do that, you know, stuff like that. And then the book's finished. Now I got to say, oh, now I got to do the boring part. I got to write. So 
I swear to God, if I could just put out a book <laughs> with no words, I would. <laughs> just throw it out there like that. The book. No worries. Oh boy, I have so many books. <laughs> it ain't funny. At that point, um, because it kind of reminded me of story, basically like storyboarding, like how they be doing in movies and everything, where like they already have an idea of what the scene they're gonna do, and then everything else comes later. So yo, your method kind of reminds me of that. It also reminds me, like like I said, the Marvel method, how like Stan Lee and them used to do it back in the day. See, and that's that was my first love. To actually, my my passion job was always going. I want to do storyboarding. I still do. But um, I work so much at it that you just I always I just I just I, I built that I want to write a story. I never want it to be long. Cause some people ask me how long, how many you know issues you gonna do. I said not that many, because I got other stories I want to do, and I know I can get sick of this. Like mm. you know, so unless something pick up and somebody you know want to do something with it, then I keep going. But other than that. I'm just going to move on, really, because I got other stories, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, since we're talking about your work, all your stuff, and also, like, your books and the stories that you worked on, I want to start talking about some of your projects. So I remember when we met, we talked a little bit about 1313. Mm. That was actually the thing that really, like, grabbed me when we first, like, started talking at uh, Comic-Con. Of course. So could you, like, give me, like, the rundown slash summary of it, just so that the soups know exactly what what we're referring to? 313 is about a hero who returns back home to Detroit and he realized that Detroit isn't what it what it used to be really um this mayor is pretty much um made Detroit into like a Pleasantville kind of city is that a good thing or a bad thing it's not because in the process of him doing that he's making a lot of civilians disappear our kind of civilians so now it's kind of like our heroes is coming together to figure out like what's going on and what is this mayor doing with you know the the black folks of our our community and seeing what's happening i love that and then on top of that it's kind of reflected like real stuff that's kind of like happening in the city and everything like that so when it came to coming up with 313 what really inspired you to um like was this an idea that you always had in the back of your mind or was it something that really was like hmm I'm going to do this. I'm going to put pen to paper and start drawing this out and start writing this out. I wanted to do, <laughs> I wanted to do my own action. Um, I was a big fan of like street fighters and stuff. When that opportunity was like, I, I was like, I said, well, why not? I'm going to make a whole bunch. I'm going to make a, some characters and turn them into just badasses, really. You know, I'm a big anime fan and I'm a, you know, big gamer, fighter, game, you know, game fan and you know i love streets fighters and that's why i always when people when people try and get the idea wrapped around it's like so it's like do they have powers or they fight us i said i think streets fighters meet detroit that's kind of like i can kind of really give it to you really simple really so yeah that's pretty much what really boosts me up pretty much you know i I always want to do a good throwdown pretty much or like a, a really um like i said a really badass character but he really simple about it too though and that's the main character christopher you know, and then also he has a brother, Mark, you know, you know, they, they have that kind of like, you know, like kind of like Goku kind of like attitude, but not like, not so, not as hard, hardcore as that is. But, you know, still though, that brother love because I have a brother. So it's kind of like off based off him a little bit. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So who's your favorite character within 313? 
Actually, it got to be Mark, actually, so far, really. Actually, it'll be Kyle, because Kyle is um, Christopher's best friend. So he, his fighting style is based off Capoeira. So, um, yeah, and he, kinda, he has that really cool attitude, laid back. You know, he just want to, you know, teach them, teach, you know, he want to teach the kids at the, um, at their um dad's their um well not his dad but his um his sensei's dojo pretty much and the the dojo's based it's on it's off seven mile grass shit and you know a lot of kids you know it's so much it'd be a lot of trouble around there so the the dojo was built pretty much to build the community up so you know the kids and everybody you know so you won't get in trouble and stuff like that you know it's kind of you know mm-hmm. like that really okay okay so what was your process when it comes to I mean, not just for 313, but just in general. What's your process when it comes to making characters? I know you said that you really hop in there and start like almost like storyboarding your stories. Um, but when it comes down to the characters, do you already have the idea there? And that goes right when you start drawing? Or do you like take some time to like map out which character is which? I map it out pretty much. Um, it's kind of like if you have a story, um, I wish is pretty much like, you know, about a, you know, a, a family dealing with grief and loss and it's about the family dealing with the loss of a husband and father and the father's dealing with the loss of his family while dealing with the afterlife mm-hmm. and it's more it's so much more to say like it's everybody when people see my books they'll be like you know like, how many you know well who's all the artists on them and i'm saying it's me and they say well it's cool that you got them on it's kind of like different styles really it's my style but you see they are different but i wish had a more of a Disney kind of like, you know, is want to be wholesome and, you know, be like, you can see this black, these black, this black family on a, on a TV, you know, you can see this situation, you know, you can see how it can play out really in animation form. So I said, cause I always, you know, do animation, but then I said, like, if I want to do an animation, I know I can do this because, you know, I drew it. So I know how they body it's going to move and stuff like that. So everybody's kind of mapped out. And all my books and characters is kind of like mapped out like Code Supreme is more, he's a really short, pudgy, kind of like, you know, like guys, kind of like a, like the first, like Mario almost, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a hero, but he's like this short pretty much, you know, and, you know, Code Supreme, they're like, you know, our heights and, you know, stuff like that, like, you know, five to six, be tall and stuff like that and i wish it's pretty much like you know like all right you know they like average you know family five four you know three kind of goes lower because of the family you know from the husband and wife and kids so it's all mapped out it's mapped out to a way so it's nice and simple that for one i'll remember and so it was to go somewhere further you'll remember you know so it's like okay this character has this on or this character remind me of something else or, you know, you know, stuff like that. Something not too complex, but yet simple. It's def- okay. Definitely so I can, you know, draw stuff over and over and over, you know. That makes sense. So, like, you give them, like, one distinct thing that makes them, like, noticeable, not just for you, but for the readers as well, too. That right. makes them, like, iconic. And right. then uh, you kind of, like, build upon their personalities and everything like that as well, too. Correct. That's pretty dope. That's pretty Thank dope. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I- a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I say it's a lot of work though, but it's like I say, it's like eh, writing that, writing everything down is like the work part. But it's like it's already done in my head. You know, I just gotta draw it. Once I draw it in color, it's like, oh, there it is. I'm done. 
you know, now I got to put a story behind it, though. It's like, you know, like, what is this for? Why do they exist? You know, or, you know, people ask me, like, where you get the idea for the story and stuff like that, you know, all that stuff, you know, so, yeah. We were just touching on I Wish, thinking back to back in November. I remember you were telling me about I Wish, and uh, I remember uh, the minute you showed me that, because you touched on how you actually do have a lot of range with the, with the way you draw. And that was the first thing I remember talking about, too, about how I Wish kind of reminded me of like a pixar type of thing, mm -hmm. but it was dealing with like a really serious subject matter when it comes to like death and families and everything like that. So my question is, um, what inspired that story? Well, I Wish is inspired because um, me being a father, and you know, a married man, you know, and dealing with, you know, you know, what if, you know, what if something happened to me, what happens to my kids and this, that, you know, all that stuff, you know, sometimes can drive me crazy overthinking it because, you know, so I, you know, I just automatically just start, start actually the funny part, I actually start writing. I start writing first. I start writing the characters' names first. And I've done that. <laughs> like I've never done that. I was like, oh, it's this, this guy, this, this guy named Ethan. You know, he has this wife named Jasmine, and it's like, you know, and you know, he had these kids. You know, it's like, is it three? Is it two? Is it one? And it's like, no, I'm gonna make, just gonna make it a girl and a boy. And you know, and the daughter has this bear, you know, that she loves and stuff like that. You know, that's because of something the dad gave her. And you know, it, it started unraveling from that point on pretty much like, you know, like, what's this, you know, like, where do they live, you know, and, you know, like, how the dad die and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, I'm never, and I'm never, um, I'm never, it, it's not in the story at all yet, at least, not that I've really thought about even doing, though, it's just that it's something that happened. The story, the first page starts off. Him talking it into, and he don't even realize he's dead, <laughs> you know. And then he looks back and he sees his family, and like you know, he runs off to them, but he can't, you know. And the family is, you know, they're getting inside the black cars, and you know, you know, if you're going to a funeral, you know, and you know how it is. If you you get in that car and you like, you know. You sob, you weep, you know, this and that, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this sucks. So the mother has to put on that strong face because, you know, her son feels this way. You know, her daughter is young, but she also feeling this way. And, you know, and soon she, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit her. It ain't going to hit her now. It's going to hit her later, though. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So all that kind of stuff kind of plays in that development role pretty much of one me thinking about it and two also being in those situations where you know you was there i've seen you know from a relative passing away and being there and watching people observing and like you know it sucks so being in that mind process i want to you know start i want to do a story on it and that's pretty much how it evolved really and now i'm in my i'm on a issue three now yeah i'm on issue three now so yeah. Wow. Would you say that being, being a father let you like step more into the headspace of like what? I mean, you, you kind of already touched on it, but just want, want to just follow up and just make sure I'm on the right track with this. Yeah. Being a father really helped you with writing, I wish, uh, and like understanding exactly where um, 
Ethan and Jasmine are coming from when it comes to interacting with the kids and then what a father who is in the afterlife would have wanted to have said to his kids if he could or whatever. All right. Yeah, that dude, that all that plays a part. Everything, you know, raising my kids, talking to my kids. I mean, my kids are almost teenagers really now. So it's like, it's really in that headspace of, you know, like, I mean, my dad's still around, so I still go to him if I ever, you know, needs, you know, some quick wisdom or something like that, really. So it's like, you know, I always want to make sure I build that same relationship in a modern time, <laughs> you know, with my kids, because I know I'm still a kid at her. I mean, like, you know, I'm still in that same world, but, you know, and things is different. My kids is growing up like how pretty much like 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 if I'm if I'm still growing up, that makes sense to be honest. Like you know, going to cons and they going to cons, but they look at cons like ah, this is an everyday thing because they've been going since they was mad short. So now mm-hmm. they getting older, they grown up into it, so it's kind of like ordinary thing <laughs> to them really. It was like in my world, if I was a little going here, like you know, so you know, yeah, so. Yeah, being right, being a husband and you know father, it's, it's definitely helped me write out, write stories. You know, at least like more depths into you know other domains, pretty much. You know, which I've stories I plan on writing that I have already. I just haven't you know drawn them yet, at least. So yeah, mm-hmm. it helps. Uh, well, we got one more story that I have on our little list to talk about. You touched on it a little bit. Give me like more of a rundown of Code Supreme. You were talk, talking about how like the way that he looks is kind of like Mario-esque. So yeah. yeah, just tell me more about Code Supreme. Uh, Code Supreme is so much, it's more of a um, a blue collar guy who, you know, when it starts out, he's kind of like just down on his luck pretty much. You know, he work at the same dead end job, you know, ain't nothing really special. Same thing every day, pay bills, this third lawnmower don't work and you know so this this supreme was um pretty much these gods pretty much comes down to earth because earth is in trouble just like these other galaxies and these other galaxies and other and earth is in trouble then the gods are going to disappear so they need to find these much these cold supreme um people who can you know pretty much be their warrior pretty much on things that's to come. Why don't they do it themselves? We have no idea. <laughs> he he comes to him, Apollo, which is one, is his is his guardian really. And he trying to give him this power, but he's saying, why should I take on this responsibility of all this gift that you call it to protect a world that doesn't protect somebody like me? You know, so mm-hmm. so Apollo pretty much trying to lead him to the part of like accepting it and then, you know, being the hero that he know he can be. So that's kind of where it boils down to really there. And it goes into pretty much fantasy land training a lot. Like right now, he's pretty much training to be the Supreme written issue two. And, you know, he meets a new character, a new character, said that word. And now they gonna be going off on their whole adventure in the um, third issue. So yeah. Okay, okay. So this one is more like in the realm of like heroes quests, like more stereotypical yeah. type of hero type of beats, and there it kind of like gives me like shonen type of vibes as well too, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, 
that's pretty much where that goes on from there too. Yeah. So of the three projects that we listed right here, what has been your favorite to work on? If you had to choose um, one. If I had to choose one, wow. That's hard. I think I like to work on 313 because it gets so much attention because it's kind of like you said, like you saw, you saw it and it stood out and you, a lot of people grabbed the, you know, 1313 and like, no matter where I go, people already know, like, boom, they're obviously this dude's from Detroit. So it's like, let me see what this is about. But then I wish it's so, it's kind of like a personal story to me. And I'm just trying to, I want to build that up even more. And Code Supreme is just, it's just a fun adventure that I'm trying to, I want to bring in. And like, I, I know in this book, I know I can just draw whatever. I can, it kind of, uh, I kind of went into this thought of almost like, um, like a Rick and Morty kind of like world. And, you know, it's kind of like their monsters and stuff makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it looks so fun that you just draw, just draw. That's it. It's, it's like a, a movie with an unlimited budget. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yep. It's exactly how it dies. That's how I can say it. So, but if I want to say I want to, I want to work on something, to be honest, if I want to work on something, to be honest, it'll probably be I wish. I wish. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I guess, because I have a lot to say in it and the story can go like, you know, you know, up and beyond. And I, you know, 313 pretty much like, you know, I have fun drawing it because I love drawing action scenes. That's pretty much on that. But if I want to really sit down and just have them have a conversation, really, it's going to be I wish, really, you know, because okay. ain't no more action. You know, it's just, you know, talking, really. But then it's like silly stuff happening, but it's not like, you know, nothing like, you know, um, Cold Supreme or um, 3 1 really is. It's going to be or is. It's like a slice of life almost. Yeah, there you Yeah, that's not what I say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got one more question for you, uh, okay. Dave. What is one thing that you really want people to get out of your work uh, when they read 313 I Wish or Code Supreme? And also, is there any other projects that are like in the woodworks that are going to be coming out soon? Okay, um, I'm going to answer the first one. Uh, what I want you, what I want people to get out of it, I don't know, it's just, you know, just have a good time with it, you know, just, you know, have fun. It's a quick read. There's nothing really, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing complex about it. It's just, you know, straight to it. This is what it is. This is this character. This is the story. And we're going to move on from here and be continued. Until I stop saying be to continue, then that's it. Then that's it, <laughs> really. But unless you know, unless somebody say like, "Hey, man, I need some more," this is like, like, "All right, you know, I'll check. It. I'll see. I'll see if I'm there." But you know, it's obviously just have a good time with them. You know, it's just a quick, fun, nothing to take serious or nothing like that at all. But it is something to think about. I'll say that in some things, you know. Um, and my future projects, actually, future projects, is pretty much like issue three of. Uh, one three that's coming out that's going to be out soon um same thing with cold supreme actually issue three and i wish three is going to be come out everything come out this year so um and then i have my new storyline that i'm going to be pushing out is a is my horror section which is um urban tales actually i have an urban tales first issue and that was like one of my first stories and <laughs> 
to like I need to I said like I want to um I stopped production on it and I said because my I said earlier my art style changed so now I gotta focus on that I got I'm gonna redo it and put it back out because they all short stories you know short horror stories from the hood like tales from the hood there you go exactly. <laughs> but they all <laughs> stories but they all stories that pretty much all came from like my childhood mm-hmm. you know or like from my childhood to friends childhood or you know or situations that me and my friends was in so they're all like that but you know maybe pretty much a little bit more embellish a little bit more on it but still though it's still like these stories though so yeah that's the that's my next one okay well we are closing out the end of our episode here so i just want to say thank you dave for sitting down oh thank you so much for having me appreciate you of course, I appreciate you for agreeing to be on and everything. Well, Soups, if you are interested in finding out more about Dave's work, where can they find you? You can find me on all social medias at Dave, Dave Sketches 007. Or you can visit my website, The Art of Dave Brown. I'm sorry, it's just artofdavebrownjr.com. Okay, all right. Well, you heard it here, folks. And if you do go ahead and, and figure this out, yeah. I can't talk. And if you do, go ahead and go to the website and buy some of Dave's work. Or if you just take a look. I want to know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. I'll also be sure to link it in the description. Well, be sure to let us know on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. I am Dave Brown. And as always... See you next Saturday, Soups. Mm-hmm.